we know 5G as the super fast wireless network that some experts say will drive innovation in manufacturing, transportation, and other industries that might not even exist yet. This fifth generation of wireless technology is supposed to bring us self-driving cars. It could also send assembly line robots new orders faster and may even allow doctors to perform surgery across the continent. Of course, it can also let people download movies on their phones within seconds. There's a lot of hope for 5G, and testing will play a critical role in getting it into our lives in ways that extend beyond that computer in your pocket. I'm Derek Burrows, and I'm going to bring you up to speed, hear what I did there, on the role testing plays in this bold new tech era. And more to the point, we're going to talk about why 5G isn't really about the consumer. Shh. Our secret. Uh, testing. One, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Why testing matters. This is a test. An original podcast from NI. This is only a test. Three, two, one, zero. Beep, beep. Imagine the possibilities as we train machines to communicate with one another more effectively. Enter 5G, a means of getting the conversation moving 100 times faster than 4G. Fun fact, those speeds are possible because most 5G networks are built on high-frequency airwaves that can transmit data faster than 4G. But not without a hitch. Signals traveling on these high-frequency airwaves can't travel far and have a hard time getting through walls, even around trees. That's where 5G literally hits a wall. This difficulty moving from indoors to outdoors means poor coverage, slower download speeds. Before 5G, all those frequencies were used, but they were used, not all, many were used, but they were used for what we would call point-to-point, like a satellite to your dish antenna. That's Clark Ryan, the Senior Director of Product Development for Spirant. The satellites in the air, it's a long distance away, you know exactly where it is. And when the guy put the antenna for Dish TV on your house, he spent a lot of time pointing it to the right spot on the horizon. When you put mobility into that equation, it's a different universe of challenges. A lot of work to make it happen, a lot of time to make it happen. But the reward of that capacity and what you might do with it is also huge. And that's what's got the industry excited. It's got consumers pumped, but the real applications are yet to come when we nail all those problems. Clark means we're still in the one day scenario here. One day, 5G may be so ubiquitous that all the technologies we use will be delivered across wireless 5G networks. Because 5G takes so much infrastructure, time, and money. Right now, there's no one standard 5G. That's still being finalized by the telecom companies and regulators. Which means companies like AT&T and Sprint use different types of 5G. And why none of these networks cover the whole country. It takes time. It is a huge amount of money here. And every application we're talking about doesn't exist yet. It's an opportunity 5G also poses some significant testing challenges. For instance, 
the types of frequencies it uses require more antennas. Not surprisingly, they need to work. We are no longer talking about old rabbit ears from your grandparents' cabinet TV. These are much smaller, much more precise, much more effective. The usual signal quality tests are still performed. Everything in a phone needs to be as small as possible, so all of the antennas are built into an integrated package. But that means there's nowhere to connect a test cable. Instead, you have to connect to test equipment using another antenna. What is new is how well beam steering can be performed. We know 4G works like a light bulb, emitting signal more or less in every direction equally. 5G would lose too much power trying to push airwaves through the environment to work this way. Instead, 5G functions like a flashlight. Better beamforming is one test that may help improve 5G's signal. And we know that testing, besides improving performance, can help reduce the cost of 5G by catching issues as early as possible. We're truly in uncharted waters here. Each 5G component and device has to be tested differently with different techniques and technologies from its 4G predecessor. But there is a silver lining. 5G can itself be used to create new test solutions for a variety of industries. Challenge accepted. (laughs) 5G has the potential to revolutionize our lives. Some experts are even calling 5G the next industrial revolution a major technology shift is underway. And unlike its predecessor, 4G, it's more complex, more confusing. So buckle up. In a nutshell, before we can use 5G, every wireless company and phone maker needs to upgrade. This means all phones need new chips and radio antennae to work with the new network. Some wireless companies have already upgraded their network equipment and purchased bits of radio spectrum carrying 5G signals. They've also installed 5G antennae on cell phone towers and other locations. It has about probably 64 receive antennas on it. So you got to focus something to it that's listening in 64 different places. Clark's here to make 5G easier to swallow. So let's frame the discussion in a language everybody understands, in terms of an oatmeal raisin cookie. Well, it's great to have you here, you know, with this weather and the COVID thing. I'm really gotten involved in, and obsessed with cookies, making cookies, eating cookies, making better cookies. I'm an engineer, but maybe I should have been a baker. Clark is showing me how to make a mean oatmeal raisin cookie in his virtual kitchen. Well, I mean, you know, you hear about test kitchens and how all these recipe developers, they start off with a concept, but they need to be tested before they're any good. So it sounds like the the skill sets are quite aligned between the bakers and the test engineers of the world. Absolutely. And the, the trick of an engineering test is you, you need to be obsessed with quality. You need to be willing to do things over and over and over again until you get it right. And you need to really enjoy when that perfect moment comes and you put it in your mouth and maybe you have a cup of coffee or a biscotti or you know a milk, glass of milk maybe for a chocolate chip. I usually just go with water with my fave, the oatmeal raisin cookie, because I think it has so much. But to get it to that point, and then most importantly, to be able to do it over and over and over again, get that same result, then you wake up the next day and you try to make it better. Listen, I'm more of a chocolate chip cookie kind of guy, so we're going to need to uh, give these a try and see if you can convince me that oatmeal raisin is the way of the future. 
I made some yesterday. And if you'd like to try it, you should taste it. You should savor it. And frankly, I'm so obsessed with that cookie that I can see everything in the universe in that cookie. Clark is an engineer who likes to solve complex technical problems like baking cookies and 5G. We have all of our ingredients to make the best oatmeal raisin cookies and whip up the best 5G metaphor. Pour in the oatmeal, add some sugar, then the butter, mix it all together, pop the tray into the oven, and we wait. Now, the taste test. These raisins on the edge of the cookie They're like cell phones. They're like the rumba machine. They're like the automotive car. Those are the things you see as a consumer that when you look at that cookie, you say, my gosh, this cookie's got raisins in it. And they interface with the outside world because they're on the edge and they get a little crispy, but they're there. But the thing I like most about that oatmeal raisin cookie are the raisins you can't see. And then those raisins will stay sweet and they stay moist and they stay in the middle of the cookie. And You don't see them, but they add the flavor and their real value of the cookie. 5G has all of these different pieces, ingredients, if you will. One of the most important ones, mobile edge computing. The reason is latency. Mobile edge computing reduces the lag time in communications between devices and servers. It's a cell phone that doesn't touch anything but other endpoints. It's buried in there. And it isn't just connecting, which is what the telephone network does. What it's doing is taking all that information, all that data, it's turning it into information, it's making it actionable, and it's telling those raisins on the outside what to do. I don't think I've ever met someone more passionate about oatmeal raisin cookies. And never has anyone made me crave an oatmeal raisin cookie and the future simultaneously so very much. The future never tasted so good. Reducing latency is especially important for self-driving cars. With 5G, these cars can talk to one another to make sure they don't collide as they drive around the streets. I know that there is a world in which intersections might not need to exist in the way that we know them today. In that sort of flawed system of red light, green light, which is used so human drivers can figure out how to get past each other. In a world where the cars can talk to each other, they might not need that in the same way that on a pedestrian walkway, you don't need red lights or green lights to figure out how to get past the people around you. So could you share a little bit about how 5G might revolutionize something like the crosswalk? You need to have a huge amount of compute right behind the camera because the problem with the road and the reason cars have traffic lights and people don't is cars can't see. So a car has to be told when to start and stop because it can't instantaneously figure it out by its surrounding. You and I, when we walk down the street, we kind of see somebody coming. We don't even think about it. We consciously react. So there's a huge amount of processing, most likely in the automobile itself, to take that picture into what objects are there, how fast are they moving, how big they are, are they humans, are they bicycles, are they automobiles, is it a tree that fell on the road? All those things have to be calculated almost instantaneously. Not instantaneous to the computer, but instantaneous to us slow humans that take about 20 milliseconds to figure out anything. To get cars to that stage where they're communicating with one another, that's where we really need mobile edge computing. And that's a piece in the network hosted by the network 
connected to all the devices on the network that doesn't move, doesn't see anything, doesn't look at cameras. But what it does is it makes decisions locally quickly enough and distributes them fast enough so that you can control everything in that intersection. That means in a future city, cars will be able to share data freely and immediately with one another, free of the human interaction that leads to traffic congestion and road rage. Something as important and significant as that puts particular weight on the importance of testing. So much public safety is in the hands of those who test these products, as it is with those who test aircrafts. Except 5G isn't quite the same as testing an airplane. Back in the day, they used to design an airplane, maybe do some wind tunnel testing, build a prototype, and then some brave soul would go out and try it. You can't do that with 5G. We know the prototypes for 5G are often big racks of equipment. You have to wheel them around from city to city to simulate different types of environments where the devices might need to function because we have to test the ideas behind 5G in the real world. But before we start thinking about the future, we should take some time to better understand the past. So let's take a walk down memory lane. It's the story of the G's, namely 3G, 4G, and 5G, as told by Clark Ryan. 3G added in a couple of technologies that almost had nothing to do with cellular. One was a digital camera, and the digital camera quality jumped in that time frame. 3G was invented to make it have enough capacity to send those pictures. And in 3G, you could send files. You could start, people had Microsoft files they want to send over. You could send things. 4G, huge step forward. Video comes along. Big screens comes along. And the real trigger that blew 4G into what it is today was a touchscreen. And we have to give Apple credit for that in 2008, even though oddly initially it was on a 3G phone. Because as soon as you had a touchscreen, your ability to interact was much, much broader than just 16 little buttons on it. And the screen was large enough that you could actually, if you wanted to, watch an episode of Cheers. 5G is built for machines. If 5G is for machines, the machines must still meet our high expectations. They need to be accurate and fast at all times. In order to do this, they must be tested to the highest standard, minimizing the space for errors or buggy technology. That's great and all, but we don't want to completely write off 4G in the way it transformed our society. 4G was set up more as an evolution rather than a revolution. But it is responsible for those ride-sharing apps. 3G, how I loved my flip phone. It just couldn't cut it. Now, with 5G these ride-sharing cars may be able to drive themselves. I'm still fascinated by this idea of cars talking to one another. So tell me a little bit more about what kinds of machines are going to be using this and how they're going to talk to each other. One of the things we do is we work a lot with folks working in autonomous vehicle areas. And it struck me when I was meeting with a company I can't talk about, but it struck me that up until that moment, and every once in a while something hits me and the world pivots 180 degrees. And I always <laughs> thought of a cell phone as something that I carry, whether it's a drone automobile on wheels or one that's flying or any of the autonomous navigation systems. It's basically a cell phone that carries you. Right. <laughs> and it has these odd peripherals on the ends called engines and wheels or propellers and such. 
it is not a lot different than your cell phone, but instead of being a convenience for you, it is an incredible time saver, incredibly economic reduction in labor. But if it fails, you don't just miss your cat video or have to call your wife again. You're dead. That concept of it not being something you use in an active sense, like a passive tool you talk over, and it's something that actually operates the world around you for you, creates huge opportunities, huge risks, huge demands on reliability, performance, and speed, untold potential benefits when used correctly, and the flip side, and that's where engineering responsibility comes in, chaos if it isn't done right. Clark is a big fan of 5G and believes it will improve the way as humans and machines interact. But before that can happen, companies have to test and validate every product and service. It sounds like the designs and the theory are there. So is it fair to say that now 5G is in the hands of the test engineers? I'm a test engineer, and I don't want to be that centering of the universe. It's in the hands of the test engineers, and it's the hands of engineers that turn pieces, ideas, and capabilities into tools and reality. And testing is a piece of that. There's also a lot of detail engineering that has to happen. And frankly, a lot of it's going to be in the hands of software engineers who need that hardware underpinning to validate what they're doing, because ultimately... The software is what's going to make it work. The application is what's going to make it work. Engineers, we first build pieces and we've got the pieces now. Over time, we turn pieces into tools and the test engineer just makes sure it's all going to work when you get there. That's sort of the future of probably the rest of my career, unless I I sign up for another round and there'll be another (laughs) round somewhere, my guess is seriously around 2030. I'm putting down the cookie and putting on my virtual reality headset with Alexandra Husunu. She's the founder of Immersion, a content discovery company focused on mixed reality technology. We are basically reinventing or trying to reimagine what the future of the internet might be when it's going to be all visual and powered by 5G. Once we make that leap from 4G to 5G, our lives may never be the same. So it's important that we prepare for these changes now especially at work. Hear that? That's the sound of the factory of the future. Please wear your hard hat and safety sneakers at all times. 5G is poised to power these factories. Its improvements on speed and latency could completely transform the manufacturing industry. In this future factory, connected devices can sense their environments and talk to one another to make decisions. Each device is filled with sensors that monitor different aspects of the working environments. Factory managers could use this technology to install wireless robots that work alongside humans throughout the manufacturing process, all working together towards a level of productivity that would make Henry Ford blush. Things are gonna speak to each other and they are gonna intelligently interact So I'm even working in a project right now for a future city, and we're speaking about cognitive city, where the city will intelligently interact, machines will interact, cars will interact, uh, services will interact, and humans will be equipped with machines also on themselves, right? Watches, and we already have the phones. 
Maybe you're going to have smart shoes and you name it. And all of this is going to be smartly tracking you and providing a hell of a lot of services to people. So what is the biggest impact that you see 5G having on those people with those connected devices and on cities themselves? The way that I like to look at this is from a positive perspective, because the dystopian future is always a possible theory and and it might happen, but that's not what we're trying to achieve here. I think we're trying to elevate science and technology and and to develop the world so that it it elevates humans and uh, deliver more services. We are going to be able to hand over the boring, even more of the boring stuff that we don't like to do to machines so that we have more time to do the more fun stuff. Personally, I'm, you know, with immersion, we're involved in the creative industries, you could say, you know, when, when you think of reinventing the, the web to be visual, visual means images, a lot of images, a lot of video, a lot of 3D immersive worlds, which people have to create. I think that the impact for us is that we will be able to explore these immersive worlds a lot of time, but we will also be able to create them and to create things in those worlds. And the exact capabilities of that is unknown. I have always imagined for for many years, at least, that at some point we would be able to experience alternate realities. Please stand by. Five G could even change the way we entertain ourselves. Its improvements on speed and latency could create a more immersive home entertainment experience by placing us into virtual worlds, all from the comfort of our living rooms. Augmented reality and virtual reality technologies haven't been a commercial hit yet, mainly because the infrastructure can't support it. These devices need to access and manage large amounts of data. But companies have their fingers crossed that 5G will help lead to the widespread adoption of these products. Imagine going to a gym, for instance, and having your biometric report tracked in real time during your workouts. That same technology could be used to try on clothes virtually at stores around the world. As the founder of a company focused on mixed reality technology, Alexandra knows how much we're going to have to throw out the existing rulebook to make sure the network of the future isn't slow. In terms of your company, what kinds of tests do you need to do to make sure that you have access to the data that you need and that these networks are working the way that you want them to? Because I am not an engineer, my best way of learning is by doing. Sometimes, you know, it's just like uh, plug things together and see what happens. It's never so simple as just, oh, test the networks, make sure the networks are there, because you need to test the receivers in every single device to make sure that they can understand the frequencies that are being put out into the world, as you saw. You need to test the transmitters to make sure that each of those can output over the right ranges at the right times without breaking completely. And then you have the network and mesh testing itself, where you need to make sure you have adequate coverage across a wide area, through buildings, through garages. There's a lot of testing involved in our getting to our future state. The healthcare industry is testing ways they can and could use 5G. This includes everything from training medical students to lowering the cost of surgery. This all sounds great on paper, but there are challenges in adopting 5G. For many, it raises flags around data security and privacy in healthcare and in everyday life. I think we are going to need to accept that data is 
not private anymore if you want that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a big brother above you that the, the data you share is really there to bring you a service but i think there's gonna have to be a point where we somehow accept this in our life and i'm not sure how the regulations and all of that will work around it testing may take away some of those concerns and allow for widespread adoption i'm talking 5g in every part of the world, no matter how remote. When we have that, imagine the flexibility, like we can be really anywhere, anytime. You can work from anywhere. You can hire resources from anywhere in the world, work together. The potential is so huge. I'm looking forward to it. That's the way we work. Of course, as technologists, you know, we are already working on computers from anywhere. But to take this beyond to something that was be- before that was done in the physical world that could be done remotely, enabled by telecommunication, I find this fascinating because, yeah, this, this is just the freedom, I guess, is the freedom of being wherever you want and kind of unifying the world. So 5G, the unifier of people, the enabler of the remote worker, the connector of man and machine. It sounds like we've got a, a pretty bright future ahead. But we'll wait until at least 2025 to see that happen. We've hit on it a few times, but with 5G's reduced lag time and increased reliability, we may one day see a world where I can hop on a video call without any technical difficulties. Right, Alexandra? Even a Zoom call will be seamless. And at the moment, it's not seamless. We have latency. As soon as you start to share your screen and add video, you know, you know that you're maybe pushing the system a little bit too much. This is going to be completely gone. So I don't think we will need to stop ourselves in how much we use the digital world as we are now. 5G's complexity may very well be a blessing in disguise. It presents an opportunity to flex our testing muscles and evolve our traditional testing methodologies to come up with something new. We may be able to test faster, cheaper, and more reliably. The factory of the future hasn't opened its doors yet. But when it does, look for a brave and very fast new world. I'm Derek Burris. Testing 123 is an original podcast from NI. To find out more, visit our webpage at ni.com perspectives.